Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. I'm your host, Mike McGarry, and I am joined once again in the YPT studio with Justin Wong. Uh, Justin is the pastor to youth at the Chinese Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. He joined us a while back. Um, if I was better prepared, I would know what episode number it was uh, to talk <laughs> about uh, church membership and um, about Christian formation issues. And uh, we got so many questions, and Justin has gotten so many questions about church membership. We're going to run it back and uh, roll through some questions about church membership yeah. again. So, Justin, how are you doing? What's going on, Mike? How are you? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no, it's going well. Uh, all right, so, um, all right, I got I got another question for you about yeah, to help us good. get to know you a little better before we dive into church membership. Um, when you were a teenager, what sort of music did you listen to? Uh, who was your favorite musician? Uh, what was what was in your earbuds? So, nineties. All right, so give some context here. Um, not as old, not as young as I look. Um, I had a a diet of Dave Matthews Band, um, Oasis, some Jam. Uh, that's when Snoop Dogg and like Dre were getting there. And um, Passion. I think Passion was on the up and coming after the whole Vineyard movement. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty eclectic that, circle. That is, circle so, so you got Snoop and, and Passion rolling at the same time. Never did a collab back then. Yeah, they no, I mean that would have that would have been something. And it's like let's say like when Chris Tomlin and those guys were just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Breakaway Ministries in Texas, like yeah. And Michael W. Smith came out with the first worship album. Remember yeah. that? Oh, everyone were everyone's oh, man, friends. It was, back just, then. it was just everywhere. Yeah, we were. Do we you remember that? Like friends, you had to play it at you had to yeah. Oh yeah, you had to play it at retreat or else you get booed out. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the life, wasn't it? The heyday, oh, right? Yeah. The golden oh, era. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta bring that back. Yeah. That should be a throwback uh theme one day and just kind of you should do it, man. We should. We should. You know, I'm not gonna lie, uh, a, a couple of months ago, something made me wanna go back and listen to the Petra Beyond Belief album. Do you remember <laughs> that? Did I you do. ever listen I to do. it? Well, it was blue, right, or something? Like uh, I don't, that? I don't or, remember. I think that was un, unseen power. I remember, they were in a warehouse. The cover, they were, they were in a warehouse. They were trying to buy off the whole MTV VH1 vibe. Oh man, it's it's legitimately such a great album. It's oh, so good. Okay, let's all go. You, let's go look at all you young this. bucks. Go hop on. Petra. It is actually on Spotify. Oh man, it made me so happy. It was so good. Yeah. And if you get extra views, it's that you should think us. Right I know. Yeah. Clicks. Yeah. yeah. Petra's going to make like a whole two cents off of extra streaming from this episode. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Hashtag affiliate marketing. <laughs> um, all right. So <laughs> anyways, um, talking about church membership. Um, yeah. G- give us a little rundown of uh, what's happened to your inbox since you, yeah. since you talked about church membership. 
So thanks to you, man, and y- y'all, y'all's work. Um, I think after that episode we recorded, I was like, hey, you know, I'm glad we did it. It was awesome. Didn't think much of it. And then slowly starting getting like text messages, DMs, emails about like, hey, can we sit down and talk more about this thing? And I was like, whoa, is Mike just like sending me people or like, is this legit? And like, we were getting calls, Mike, from US and then beyond like the States. And so, man, we're getting shout out to Finland um, and all of these types of things. But it was, it's pretty awesome to see kind of membership youth ministry type of worlds collide. It's pretty nuts. That's, that's wild. So, um, most of the questions you're getting are from youth pastors who, who are like a lot of youth. Pastors, like, I've, yeah. I've never really considered the value of yeah. church membership I, I think, or what sorts of, and I, and I think, and I think what we've, what we've noticed, Mike is like everyone in the background, they have like, like a sense of membership, right? They're like, okay, it's important. If you, if you, if you kind of laid it out and drew it out, you're like, okay, this, it makes sense. But I think what the episode did was starting to kind of make people think through, hold on a second. Do we need to kind of something to paper, really like think through this with our team? And I think that was the kind of initial, hey, is there something more that we need to sit down with our churches and leadership to kind of flesh this out a little bit? And I think people are starting to kind of wake up to this pretty crucial reality especially in the youth world right like i think that's i don't think there's much written about that type of stuff and so no. i think people are kind of like hmm mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think the old i mean it, let's just be honest let, shout out to nine marks right i mean i, I think they're probably yeah. the ones people would expect but nine marks also doesn't advocate for baptizing teenagers yeah. so i mean well it's generally like i mean wait till they're adults before baptism. So they probably don't really have much about youth membership either. Yeah. Well, what's crazy was, I mean, and this is how I got on the whole thing. I was in our demon cohort and um, our supervisor was just kind of like super forward thinking. And um, I mean, part of our class was, hey, we go take field trips. And so we signed up for the Nine Marks Weekender uh, at Capitol Hill and you know everyone was senior pastors everyone was and that's the framework yeah, of thinking yeah. through stuff um and so I mean I was the only one in youth ministry at that time in our cohort and I was sitting through the thing and I was just like oh my gosh this is massively important but then I was like how does this even relate to student ministries and students because I was the only one thinking through that grid and so all the questions I was thinking when, you know, Dever and Lehman were talking was through the eyes of a youth minister, which I mean, by the way, we, that's, I think that's why we need more youth pastors to stay in it, to be thinking yes. through these lenses. Amen. You know what I mean? I could not agree with you more. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, I was in the middle of the weekender processing through, I mean, this is like right when they were kind of launching a ton of their resources. Um, and so I was like, how do we translate this into the youth world? If not directly, but um, for sure, setting it up structurally so that yeah. they may know it in college or beyond college, these type of things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, walk me through some of those questions then that you were struggling with. Like, as you've been thinking about this topic longer than most, I guess, uh, you're a real trailblazer here, Justin. Um, like, what, uh, I don't, I don't what, know. About what, that. what are some of the, you know, cause I think we don't have all the answers, right? But what are, what are some of the questions? 
that are worth chewing on? I think the biggest one, especially with churches that didn't, don't have a really kind of fleshed out understanding of it is, is this biblical, right? Like we don't see it in the Bible. Why are we even dealing with it? Um, which ironically, I think most churches by laws have some kind of form of church membership, right? Um, but I think that was the first thing is like, hey, how do we, I mean, I get it, but biblically, how do we understand this? Uh, another one, and this is super practical, like for us right now, um, we're talking about voting, right? Like um, the voting age of members, uh, what age should it be? Um, is it as easy as just moving it up or down in the in the age range? Mm-hmm. And so we're having to think of this kind of in real time at this point. Um, and so that was that was a big thing. And then the last one is kind of, you know, hey, what happens when you actually get church membership, right? And you're serious about it. And what are the what are the ripple effects with families, with you know unbelievers, with nominal Christians? I think that was kind of the real, like, give me the practicals, and then what do you do to a who's in your youth group, and then all of a sudden you lay this on top of it? Like, is this too legalistic or not? Yeah. And I think those are some really hard questions that we had to kind of slow down to think through, but also process it really, really, um, really, really deeply. Right. That's good. That's good. All right, so so how are you starting to resolve some of those questions? Like, um, what what does happen <laughs> when you begin to <laughs> church membership? Man, I, and I, that that's the one I'm getting uh, questions the most on. Uh, what happens? Um, and I think my the answer I give everyone is um, before you kind of start it off. I think you really need to talk to your leadership about this. Yeah, right. and um, and I, I think last time I said the context where I was at was we had no senior leadership. We almost had no leadership to where I was able to almost implement this in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit easier without a lot of pushback. And looking back, I'm like, I don't know if that's the best, but happened. Um, I would say for sure, pray, think through, study if your leadership is open to it uh, about hey. You know, I, I think the Lord's pressing on me um, that this is important. Can we, can we, in a staff meeting or elder meeting or whatever the system of governance is, um, and start thinking through it? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the hard one because the implications go, man, if we're going to actually launch this, I don't want to just launch for students. Right. I want to launch this for parents. I want to launch this for college kids. And then it's got to be consistent. But the consistency piece, man, if like, if the whole church hasn't bought into it, like, really big pushback um and then there's also fracturing again with it's not the siloing of physical people in youth ministry and the rest of the church but there's almost a siloing of church or youth ministry philosophy yeah. and everyone else's philosophy and i think that's that's a that's a, that's a thing that most people don't consider um although i think like and i think you and i agree i think it's super necessary yeah yeah all right so when when a student becomes a church member um what does that um what happens i guess like what what does pastoral care look like um do they get assigned another uh, like a, a a lay elder or set up with a mentor or uh put on like church boards and committees like what what does that <laughs> what what results from church membership 
for a teenager. For the teenager. Okay, in a, in an ideal world or in in where I'm at right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I would I would I would, I would scaffold it. I would scaffold yeah. the 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 questions and I and I would build as close as possible and then I would try to zoom out if I can. So let's say a kid, a student, right, accepts Jesus, understands we've gone through the process. And I think that that's a whole that's a whole another issue talking with the parents, talking with the the closest leaders and uh, the people to that students were all like, Hey, like they're ready. Like they got it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, baptism obviously is, is right there as the next logical step. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where churches vary on what's the time frame between baptism and then church membership. Uh, and we can have a whole dialogue on how long do you wait? Should you, is it immediate? Like, so our church, it's, it's almost immediate. Like yeah. we, we baptize you and then we take a vote after you dry off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and for, and, and so for other I, confessional churches, it could be like, you know, it, who practice infant baptism and commu- and confirmation. Yeah. That could, sure, yeah. I would sure. just encourage others, you know, it, this isn't a Baptist only consideration. I just, Oh yeah. Yeah. Expanding that up. But I, I, but I think there's also, I mean, I think there that begs the question of like, hey, you, you also do need to think through that, yeah. right? Because I'm like, the timing is not ultimate important, but I'm like, it's it's it could be it could be pretty you know telling. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happens, I, I think in in at least in our situation, they are a recognized member of our not only youth group but our church. And so for us, in my understanding, according to Hebrews 13, 1 Peter five is we're responsible for that person, right? We're responsible for them as a disciple. And so according to the Great Commission, it's not just, you know, making disciples, but it's also teaching them to obey everything um, to which they, you know, allow them to kind of flourish and fail inside of a community. Um, But I mean, at that moment, they're on our radar. Like we're going, hey, we... We commit to you, um, the par- like we make sure that the parents understand that whether they're Christian or not, of going, hey, our, our responsibility is, is now heightened, if you will, uh, more aware of, hey, we're, we're not just going to keep you on the roll. We're going to make sure like, hey, we're keeping tabs on you in the best possible sense of a, that word of t- disciple. And so mm-hmm. we want to like, we just say, there's that, right? And that's where it leads to church discipline. That leads to church discipleship, right? Yeah. And so in a, in our sense is, Hey, um, have at any given moment, a leader or two always overseeing where that student is. So at any given day, we're like, Hey, how is so-and-so, um, what's going on in their life, but also just what do they need to grow spiritually? Um, and then depending on the age, you're right. Like 12 versus 18, we're going, okay. Um, psychologically, mentally physiologically, hey, what are, what are some needs that we can help this person grow and thrive? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what challenges do they need to take yeah. at that moment uh, in that stage of life? So it's it's being super intentional, um, more so, I, I would say, than uh, had they just been a random attender and stuff, like responsible according to scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways that, I, I guess, what can teenagers who are church members do that teenagers who are not church members cannot do? Good question. And I'm thinking about um, like, what like ministry teams or 
you know, yeah. like what roles and. Yeah, that's so, I mean, I, I don't know about you. Like, do you, do you make youth ministry kind of a microcosm, like, like a micro ecosystem of the larger church? And it is just like, okay, hey, there's teaching. I roles, literally try not worship. to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but like, but immediately you just kind of default to going, okay, how do I, yeah. what is the separation? Yeah. And for me, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that yeah. out. Uh, all I know is a member has the privilege slash burden of attending our membership meetings once a month mm-hmm. um, where we make it very clear to kind of our non-members too. I'm like, hey, this is just a privilege and a, and a thing. And at the membership meetings, what we do is we preview, like they get a seat at the table of like, hey, this is how we think through it. This is who we're praying for. Um, you guys make the decisions of where we're headed next month. Um, I'm like, I got some ideas, but I'm I'm leading us here. I don't want to drag us there, but hey, you guys are all the ones on the ground. You guys are members of the church. You you guys are as bought in as I am. And so I want you guys to have some skin in the game. And so they make lifetime decisions. Yeah. They get to decide how much money we push towards certain missional organizations. Um, and I'm not the one, you know, necessarily just deciding cutting the check like they get to quote unquote vote for certain really yeah. important things and then also what's cool is they get to come up come up to the table and go hey here's some new initiatives that we're seeing in our schools um can our youth group come around and support this and you know that's a conversation and um a membership privilege that's non-members frankly they don't care to have yeah but as a member i'm like hey you guys i want to make sure that your voice is heard you are as important as any of the other leaders in this church, including the adult mm-hmm. leaders. And I'm going, hey, you you have a voice. And I'm like, you make real decisions that impact real gospel-centered ministries in where areas that I and you, Mike, we will never be able to yeah, encounter. Totally. Yeah. Like there's spaces where, hey, our members are out there in the field and they're deciding um, sometimes where our youth ministry finances get to go. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's pretty cool. It, it gives them sense of agency yeah. uh, in youth ministry. Well, and a real sense of like uh, belonging, right? And, oh, and, for and, sure. In the church. Um, so I guess here's one question about, uh, so I mean, it's a Chinese church, right? Which brings its own distinct culture and um, heritage, right? So w- where there is more uh, a, a sense of, of communal identity and and, you know, often is, is less idealistic and individualistic than a, a lot of white churches. Um, how do you, how do you think that might affect the, just the way that you're, you're practicing church membership that might be a little bit different from, oh, yeah. from a, a, a yeah. mainly white church that it doesn't really have much corporate identity and the, the sense of honor of, elevating youth to say like hey as the adults and the elders here like we we honor you with church membership to belong right is that a factor yeah okay oh man um that that's, you should write a that's book that's on something. it that, <laughs> right that's something no, right okay. so let me give you the context of most ethnic specific churches that are 10 years plus right what you'll find typically is multiple congregations within a building, right? And so with CBC, you have a Mandarin congregation, you have a Cantonese congregation, 
and then you have the English congregation. Yep. Um, we just celebrated 70 years, which is pretty old uh, for the most part. We're probably one of five churches here in the Houston, in the Texas area that's over 50, right? San Antonio just celebrated 100. And so that's a different dynamic because, I mean, you and I start studying generations. Yeah. So we're like two, three generations removed from the original immigrant right. one. So I talk to my buddies and they're like, their church is in year 30, year 40. And we're dealing with very different dynamics in not just church membership, but um, how we run ministries, these type of things, budget, all that type of stuff. And so when it, cuts, when it gets to where you're at, I think the struggle theologically and philosophically is depending on who is the leader and the pastor of the certain congregations. That's where some of the conversations become a little bit more heated. Uh, it takes a little bit more nuance because they're coming from a either a theological tradition or even a philosophical tradition to where, hey, you and I, I mean, we, we grew up with internet age podcasting. We were able to go to nine marks. We were able to kind of see a lot of these books. Whereas my dad's generation, right? Like when he pastored at this Chinese church, they had a couple of books, yeah, right? And they were like subpar books. And that's their reference point for mem- membership. Yeah. And so, like you said, I'm like, membership for us is, hey, we're the adults. You guys are the young people. Let us do all the big decisions. And I have to sit. And again, I'm like, you call me a young person, but I'm like 40, man, like 41. Like, So, I mean, young is really relative right. of just the old guys. Yeah. And so... My, where I've gone to conversations, um, hot conversations, is I want you to under, hear me say that I, I respect you. I, I, I thank you for your services. Like, I, I want to show you that we honor you, yeah. right? As best as we can. But it gets to a point where going, hey, this is just what the scripture is, is talking about. Here are some patterns. Um, and I, I've tried to, Say it to where I'm like, maybe you guys never heard about this because I'm like, maybe they haven't. Um, but it's to be like, hey, can we can we think through this together? But using the the word of God as the starting point, not not some some document or you know, mm-hmm. just how tradition has landed. That's gotten us in a lot of conversations, Mike. It's just the cultural dynamic is massive because the the uh, in see it from a, even a very Jewish, you know, first century type of tradition where, um, you know, it's, it's totally honor shame culture, um, where we're, where we're playing out. But the hard thing is what do you do when it comes down to these practical application points? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, all right. So within your church, I, I don't know, you don't need to answer this if it's, possibly going to get you in trouble or to overshare. Um, what are, cause I'm sure your entire church is going to listen to this podcast. Um, Everybody. I'm sure. Um, what are some objections that you've come across? Uh, maybe some common ones, maybe some that you didn't expect. Um, why, why would churches not practice church membership for teenagers? Um, 
for teens. Yeah. I, I could even roll that up to in general, yeah. right? For our church, yeah. right? A lot. Some of the things that we get is, well, it's just not in the Bible, right? And so, and again, I want to take that on good faith. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's how you've been trained, right? Second one is, there's no point almost of church membership, and that's more of a lack in pragmatics, right? They're like, well, what does it mean, right? And if church membership, what the way we've been doing church. We've never really had to implement it or execute it. Like, no, there's no teeth to church membership. Why, why, why start it now? Why upend everything that we've done and why make it harder? And I think that leads to the, the real reasoning is this is going to draw a lot of people away from the church. Is this going to make it harder for people to, to belong and come to church? And wouldn't this drive away a lot of faithful people and then like want to look like, they don't want to say lower the bar that sounds bad but don't they want the the ideal is hey don't you want this front door to be as massive as possible and i'm like we get it right and again throw in the cultural context um for a lot of the ethnic churches it's not just you know a place of discipleship if that is what it is it's a place of community, right? We offer, you know, language schools. We offer health fairs. We offer people learning uh, ESL and stuff. Like, so for us, like, I get it, right? It's it's a place where those who don't have resources, they come into church, but then you're going, hey, hold on, you're throwing this bar church membership on top of it. And isn't that going to, you know, destroy the whole come to church um, and you belong type of mentality. And I'm like, ooh, it gets sticky. I know it's, it, I understand how hard that is. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, who are we responsible for? Does it confuse the message of the gospel? And I'm like, I, I can't just kind of like, for the sake of inviting everybody in, let's kind of relegate, you know, scripture to, you know, more serious people or whatever mm-hmm. else like that. I'm like, hey, that just chops down the whole definition of church. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So again, word to those who are listening. I'm like, this your your integrity and your, you know, your interpretations, I'm like, these are the parts where it's it's difficult uh when it comes to implementing, especially if you sit in the youth pastor chair, right? And again, in our Chinese church, I'm bringing up all of this, and my title sometimes is the thing that gets me in trouble. You're the youth pastor. Why are you bringing up these things to the whole church? Like, know your role type of stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, can you maybe, without sharing any names, tell us a story about someone um, from your ministry who has kind of really benefited from this whole process and, and church membership. Um, is there a success story that might be encouraging? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to go the other way. No, no, um, no so, success, I want a success story. Yeah, give us a positive success example. Success story. Yeah, I rolled this stuff out. Again, uh, I'm in year 16 now, and so we rolled this out probably at the seven, eight-year mark. And so we had a, we have good, uh, we, we just had a good observation deck kind of see where our students are at. 
man, I'm like, it seems like we're bucking the trend of people just dropping out left and right, not in college, but post-college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is going into college and then they're looking at churches. Um, the language and vocabulary of church membership. Yeah. Right. Which to me, that was like never amazing part of my vocab. Right. And so the success stories isn't just one people. I mean, it's groups of students who've have been graduated from college um, and they're plugged in and you see them take like strong leadership roles in their congregations. Um, And so, man, I want to say we're, more than 50% of a lot of those kids who've stuck around and um, not just go to church, but they're thriving in a local church. And I think that's the key, yeah. right? I think it's thriving in the local church past your youth group. I think that's where we want to go. And then a lot of them come back, right? They're like, hey, we want to, um, like, I go, hey, why are you back? And they're like, what do you mean? We're, this is our, we're members. And until we transfer out, we're still members of the church. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. Like it, just that phrase yeah. is super telling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it goes against the completely individualistic autonomous elf um, to be like, no, 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 hold on. Oh. I haven't moved to a certain city yet. And currently my membership is here. And so I want to give it its due. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, of course, this is this is my church for right now, until otherwise. And I'm like, thinking pretty great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, all right, so the the number one, um, the number one question, pushback, argument, etc. That I have heard, um, and that I personally have have struggled with, I'll, I'll confess, is about the whole voting question. Right? Do teenagers get a vote? Um, so let me walk you through my my question about it, um, because you know I'm notorious for asking long and complicated questions <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> of course, you are, doctor. I know, I know, I know. Um, so you have teenagers who come into membership and they get to vote. And now, like, they can't even manage their own bank account without a parent supervisor, according to the bank. And yet they get a vote in the church budget. How is that fiscally responsible? But at the same time, if you're welcoming them into membership, um, but they're not allowed to vote, they're non-voting members, they can't sit on a board, um, like... Is that actually membership? Like, I, I, this is like yeah. the normal way that it's approached, right? Is like, yeah, we'll welcome church mem- teenagers into church membership, but they don't get to vote. The junior varsity member. But I'm like, but that's not what church membership is. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like it's yeah, better man. to either welcome them into church membership with all the rights and privileges of being a church member or don't welcome them into church membership. Because then you're watering down church membership in name yeah. only, and church membership yeah. doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So how do you they, how do you approach that? <laughs> like resolve resolve the dilemma for me. 
Oh yeah, okay. I, I'm literally doing this lifetime. Like I, I just wrote, you know, something on paper maybe about an hour ago, Mike. Okay. Send um, it to me and we'll post it on the website. Yeah. It, it I so I think if we're going to be honest with this question, I don't think again, reading quite a bit of bylaws in churches, I don't think a lot of churches really put a lot of consideration into the question you just asked, right? Because I, I think everyone feels the tension, but hey, let's, I think there's a pragmatic sense, right? And I would have to question the pragmatic sense because the justification is based off of, I would say, very culturally specific times. And again, you, you said voting and I'm like, I, that's legitimate but we're talking about voting in the United States of America, right? In 2023, that's currently the context in which you framed your question, right? Which is not, I would say, the New Testament standard when the, you know, the, the, the people are writing. And so I, I'm going to, again, I, I think what we have to think through when it comes to this is the starting place is how, how does church work? In how would how would the authors have treated this question if, yeah. if they were asking right because they were like yeah it's you know you guys don't you know f- officially vote and until you're eighteen or drink till you're twenty one and smoke and stuff like that and th- they have no concept of it yeah. right that's not what the biblical authors are are thinking through um, I would say there is no youth in in scriptures right not till nineteen hundreds or so um, and so I think the the, the principles like you said, is it seems like all the rights and privileges are given to those who are part of the community of faith. Um, you look at, again, I, I, I don't know how you see the one another passages or the Matthew 18 passage or the Great Commission or even as you know, Paul's writing to Timothy and you get into the qualifications of elders and deacons. Are you go like okay? That was only for the adults in that room listening, yeah. right? Um, who's he addressing it to? Like who, who's responsible for enacting the one another passages? Mm-hmm. And I'm going is the, is it a is it an age thing that Paul was thinking through? And I'm like, that's a hard line to draw. So I think you go there first, right? Um, what age? I have no clue, Mike. I don't know because. I, I I would think, and this again, this is me spitballing at the top of my head right now. An ideal church, in in my understanding, when it comes to membership and leadership, right? Because you're going, well, what does a 14 year old have to do with the budget? Mm-hmm. Or you can draw it out, hiring, firing staff, right? Like for us, we're congregational, and so that all has to be approved by membership. The question is, hey, is a is a student? mature enough to think through hiring and firing of their senior pastor. And I'm like, Hey, in a, in a great system, a healthy church system, um, the pastors, the elders have prayed, thought through, earned the trust of its members. The members ought to affirm, you know, where the, the leadership is going, Mm -hmm. whether you're 35 or where you're there 14, 16. Right, and maybe you don't have any clue on budgets, but you trust the you trust the pastor that has been sh- shepherding you, right. and hopefully the pastors aren't like, "Hey, surprise, guys, we're gonna sell our building." Right? Like, hopefully, if they're legitimate, 
they have rolled this out and they're like, hey, we want your voice too. Because my thing is this, if a senior pastor comes to the church, hey, you're taking Hebrews seriously, First Peter seriously. They are, sh- they are overseeing the souls of all of their members, including that 14-year-old. Are you going to say that, hey, that 14-year-old has no say in the person that I'm supposed to submit to for, what, four years, right? Five years, six years? I'm supposed to just submit to them and I get no, I don't get to affirm nor kind of push back on this, right? Like that's, that's a hard thing for me to draw that line. I'm like, ah. So I don't know if that answers your question. I just, I'm trying to draw like implications and principles and um, it's not an easy one, man. Yeah. So what you're saying is discipline, uh, that um, trust and authority aren't just like shut up kid and just listen to your parents, right? Like it is the same in the church, right? That there, there's trust, there's authority, there's submission. Um, but do our kids have a voice? Yeah. And, and I think it's, I think the implications are far reaching too, right? Cause like you said, let's say, cause right now we're, we're, we're deciding what age, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, let's put the age at 18. We're saying you are a member of the church, but you're really not a full member. You don't have all the rights and privileges, right? And again, that, that's that's weird to even say, yeah. right? Because like you said, I'm like, well, are you a, are you a member of the Christ, like the local church, or are you not? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, is there grades? Right? Is there you know membership puberty? And so um, let's say, okay, let's put the age at 18. So the 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 heart behind the church is to tell that 17-year-old, 16-year-old, 15-year-old, hey, you're you're we want you to do this. And again, I'm taking some of the most skeptical, yeah. pessimistic yeah. way, but like, hey, you're here, but you know, we don't we don't we don't want you to have a voice necessarily. And then I'm going like, hey, for a 16-year-old who can't vote, are they attending business meetings? <laughs> right? Are they attending church members' meetings? Mm-hmm. And like, why would they? Uh, for the most part, because you you've told them, hey, you don't have the maturity to think through these things. You don't have a vote, anyways. So, but we want you to be. We want you to listen in, and just be quiet, right? Right? It's it's weird. Yeah. But you put that age at eighteen. We're going. Hey, you're not there. And then what happens at eighteen? They're not. They're going to college. And my question is, why would that nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old want to come back to this place? where they just had no real sense of belonging. Um, and all of a sudden, it'd be like, oh, okay, now that I'm back from college, hey, I'm a member now, yeah. right? Let's do this. Yeah. Now, again, that's the most pessimistic way. Do I believe that the age can be 18 and the church can actually treat them like a legitimate member? I think so, but that's going to have a lot. You need to, the leadership of the church needs to put a lot of work into making sure that that's, 16, 17, 14 year old as a believer, mm-hmm. baptized believer, is a legitimate member and they are cared for, they are shepherded, and they are disciplined, right? And they have to have a good reason why they can't vote this moment. Mm-hmm. I, I just think age thing is arbitrary at best. Um, and it sends a really weird message if the rationale is we don't let you vote to your 18 because the laws in the United States say, because yeah. I'm like, 
why not 25 when your your brain's developed, yeah. right? Like what's and then I would say you're mixing the word maturity with spiritual maturity. I'm like, Mike, you and I have seen some super mature 17 year olds who maybe have been discipled for six, seven years, who lead Bible studies, who go on mission trips, who've seen, who've brought people to faith. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that 17 year old is not mature enough to vote. Yeah. While you have a 35 year old may have zero concept of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? And just saved a week later. And they have no theological framework whatsoever. And I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying yeah. that they're really young spiritually. You're saying that 35-year-old, that 17-year-old, they're on completely different frames just because of their age. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's a hard sell, man. It is. All right. Um, time is getting short. And I have a... And I have a a reader question. So I threw out a question on social media. You know, you're looking around like, is this a live show? Um, so I, I threw this out on social media this morning uh, saying, hey, I'm recording uh, on church membership. What questions do you got? Um, a, a question came in uh, from one of our, our regular contributors, Brian. He's, he asked he asked this. So Brian asks, how do you handle a situation where a teen wants to join, but a parent says no? Ooh. Have you had those? Have you had that before? I haven't. He says that he has, but my, my church mm-hmm. has not really practiced much in terms of church membership for youth. So it's always been, you know, something that I've wanted to talk about, but never really got too much yeah. progress what's on. the what's the so mike let's throw the hypothetical what's no, the, i'm what's asking the, you you answer the question no no i'm asking, <laughs> no i'm asking this hypothetical of the, of the parents is, okay, is, okay, is the okay. parents like is a parent a member are they saved are they christian are they this not this was my first question I, too. Slavery, I was like are they believing okay. parents or are they unbelieving parents i would guess so let, let's i would let's guess take the easy one parents <laughs> okay but if i could take the easy one and say that they are believing then that's a, I yeah, would say that that's should a be discussion a, with the parent. Yeah, that and should be an easy. That's, that should be easy. Unbelieving. Ooh, I, I wouldn't just be like, Hey kid, let's just, let's just dunk you and Do you like, fear God or put man. You in membership. Right? Like, yeah. I, I could see just, that approach. Yeah, I, and, and I think I would take, I would take that opportunity with the parent mm-hmm. as a discipleship moment yeah. or not discipleship moment as, as just the gospel conversation moment. Um, and then just be like, hey, and I think this is also can wrap in a lot of, hey, do you realize what your 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 kid, your student understands as church, right? And I think that's another way of explaining to them, hey, we're, we're serious about the gospel, but we're also really serious about this is not just another club on the resume. Yeah. This is something way bigger, and and hopefully, parents and I think the youth ministers need to do a good job explain to parents prior to the kids dropping off their students to your youth group of explaining what your purpose and your trajectory is for their student so that these moments aren't super like what like my kid joined a what and wants to do what like you know mm-hmm. what i mean I, I think if we as ministers do a good job or just do our role at the front and just behave parents yeah. well we love that your kid is here but this is what we're all about. This is where we're headed. And this is what we're praying for your students. And baptism should be part of the, hey, FYI, this is what we want your kids yeah. to experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like 
that doesn't so that, answer the that question. Was, but I, that was going to be part of my 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 thing too. Is um, what's the difference between this question and the same question, but when a, an unbelieving parent doesn't want their kid to be baptized? I, I think they're kind of the same. It's two forms of the same question. Right. Right. And again, I, I would say, I, th- I think you do both. I mean, I think you kind of reiterate what your youth program is about and your church, by the way. Um, and then I think it's also a conversation with the parent yeah. and just be like, hey, this is, a, and, and pitch it as a, as a beautiful thing. I think that's the way we need to talk to that parent. It's just like, do you realize, hey, your, your, your son or your daughter has committed to Jesus Christ as not just savior, um, but just they're all in all. You know what I mean, and it's something to be celebrated. Um, they wanna, they wanna express this yeah. stuff, and hopefully, you're helping the student also talk with the parents and help right. the student have words express what they just did and why they want to be baptized. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would, I would ask more questions of why, because it seems, at least here in the south, like it's a. It's a big deal, man. I'm like, you get baptized, you go not to some nice lunch afterwards. <laughs> but like, and so like, usually the parents are all about yeah. it. It's, it's almost the opposite where you're trying to go, no, 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 hold on. Do you realize what your student just did? Yeah. And the, you know, this, this symbol, what it means. It's not just like, oh, hey, like, let's get dressed up and go to brunch. But it's, hey, everything changes now. Yeah. And so we try to even write a letter to parents before they get baptized and then have a letter to the parents after yeah. they get baptized of what this meant, but also how they can be involved. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think it's important to have a um, patient and gentle approach. I, I would also encourage youth workers to take a positive stance. And I think that's one of the main things I, I really like about what you just responded is, you know, you want to approach the conversations with parents about like, hey, this is a beautiful thing. Um, Absolutely. And I could picture some Theobro youth pastor, I'm just going to yeah. say it, taking this as like a stand up for Jesus um, type of thing. And I would just caution against that posture. And I would just say, just, just breathe, be, just breathe out, yeah. man. Just breathe. Be patient. I think, I think, I think it's okay to have that initial, like, oh wait, wait, wait. but then I think to you know, words of grace, words of wisdom. Uh, I think that's yeah. for sure, Mike. Yeah, and, and you want. Um, I'm just thinking. So I mean, I'm in New England, so it's a a, a fairly unchurched area, um, and I could just picture some parents who are not churched people who have suspicion about Christians and about the church and are my kids gonna, is my kid gonna become like a church, like a a cult member? And um, is the church going to turn my kid against me? And if you, if you allow baptism and membership to become something that now the parent is fighting with their kid about it and the pastor is backing their kid to follow Jesus Regardless of what your parents say, um, what what about honoring your father and mother, right? And so are, I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. So how do you approach the conversation with a heart to to express your desire to partner with your, the parents? How do you have the conversation in a way that expresses your desire to help 
their son or daughter rightly and appropriately honor their father and mother in the midst of the disagreement over the conversation and issue, right? That the way you handle that conversation is going to be very formative for those unbelieving parents. And the honor of your father and mother comes in your tone and in your, your timing too, right? I think super aggressive, super combative. I, I think that is very antithetical to some of the the things as well Agreed. right i mean i think it's um i think so i think you're dead on yeah so all right hey uh, we've already gone longer than we initially wanted to go here but uh that's just to say there's a lot of facets to the conversation about so church membership and youth ministry and and how does this uh, really catalyze um church discipleship for students and integrating students into the life of the of the congregation and a real sense of genuine belonging um and so yeah th- there's so many aspects of this that we could still keep going on about um but i'm trusting this this conversation serving our, our listeners well uh any final word on church membership maybe that you've learned or uh from conversations that you've had with people recently or uh, just closing word before we wrap up. I, I think last thing is this is all in real time at this moment. I think we need everyone out there who's listening, um, pastor, theologian, right? I think it's the shepherd's heart. Uh, but then also, I mean, like do your study, like think through these things. Um, and for me, it was in order to think through these things well, we have to be very intentional about mm-hmm. it, uh, which means we have to sacrifice a lot of wasted time um, that isn't helping our, our thought process. And so it's almost sacrificing things that we want to do for sometimes even things to think through. And then to think with people, I think that's, that's massive. Um, but man, this is, this is a work in progress for a lot of us. Um, be very patient, um, but be very prayerful because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of the the things that can um, really change the the life of a church, uh, but also the life of a community. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. just be patient out there, Mike. You and I are we're still, you know, working this out in real time. I yeah. think this is, uh, but I I love it, man. I, I love having similar vocabularies, but also similar hearts for the local church. Uh, but also theology yeah. and how these things kind of work together. And I love that this is a conversation, youth workers are having um, because yeah, it's, it's for sure it's man. kind of shocking that, that uh, this, this is a topic that people are actually like buzzing about. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. really exciting to help stoke those fires. So yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for your contribution to the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate you, your friendship, your ministry. And um, so thanks, Justin. Hey, thanks. And thanks to our listeners for listening in for this episode. Make sure you go check out YPT on the website, youthpastortheologian.com. Don't often encourage you or ask you for likes or ratings or reviews for the podcast or anything, but you all know that is very helpful. We don't pay for advertising or anything like that. So we rely on our listeners and our readers and our subscribers just to share uh, the word about what Youth Pastor Theologian is all about and the ways that we serve youth workers. So if you could just help us and spread the word, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian podcast. 
YPT's mission is to empower youth workers to pursue theological depth because we're committed to inviting students into a faith that's big enough to grow into. You can learn more about the ministry and other resources we offer at youthpastortheologian.com, and you can find us on most social media at Youth Theologian.